0: Hey everyone, it's Brian, and I'm here with my good friend, Dr. Jeffrey Coffin, who resides in Accra, Ghana, of all places. I've known Jeff for many years, and I wanted to get him on this podcast so he can share a little bit about himself. Thanks for uh, joining us, Jeff.
1: Yeah, hey Brian, thanks for, thanks for thinking of me uh, from across the pond. <laughs> been a while since we've been able to sit down and i suppose this is uh close
0: yeah <laughs> so to speak yeah through the the miracle of uh of, of the internet so so jeff i thought maybe you could just share a little bit about your background your education anything significant that led you to become a engineer especially your phd program and how, how you got there.
1: Sure, sure. Um, I kind of feel like I've been an engineer for, for my whole life. Uh, my, my father is a mechanical engineer. Um, I always loved uh, tinkering, building, uh, woodworking, that kind of stuff growing up. Uh, so when it came time to decide what to do when I grow up, a, I thought I'd give engineering a swing. I uh, went to the University of Colorado in Boulder, uh, go Buffs, and started uh, started there actually as as just a engineering major, uh, open option because the because the curriculum is so standard. That the First first two years about um, you don't have to declare a, a specialization a civil engineering mechanical that kind of stuff and so I just kind of waded through the generalities and kind of landed on civil engineering and actually um, three and a half years as a, as a structural engineer
0: ah I did and not know did during not know that the
1: last part of my that would be uh, seventh semester, I was sitting in a, a structural reliability class, and don't fall over with excitement <laughs> from the sound of that. <laughs> but I myself, I, I distinctly remember, uh, my advisor was actually the, the lecturer, and I sat there and I thought, I, I can't do this for the rest of my life. <laughs> and I had a a moment of existential crisis. Mm. Um, the next class after after that, I, I had lunch break and it was melting down. I, I went to a uh, uh, geotechnical engineering uh, two course, which uh, which was actually the lab components. And while I was there, I was you know we were I think doing uh, drag shear testing on on sands and uh, you know i was enjoying it and everything and the the professor of the course actually came up to me and asked if i had any interest in working in in the lab with him next year uh for for that last semester of, of school and uh that was the moment that i realized geotechnical engineering was was the way i wanted to go um it's just wildly interesting for for me at least uh, every every day is a school day every project is different every um every part of geotechnical engineering is different and that's uh, that's what really got me excited for it
0: um, that's really uh, the
1: professor there is actually who i then adopted or who adopted me for my masters and my phd um at at cu
0: it's oh, fantastic and it's it's funny that it was almost a random question that led you to geotechnical engineering.
1: It really was um, was it was a, a moment of, of uh, emotional roller coaster in about four four hours honestly.
0: yeah right right I
1: don't want to do this to I, I do want to do this <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it's a very fortuitous. And why did you stick around and get advanced degrees?
1: Um, part of the fear of the unknown, uh, part of the fact that college is pretty fun, <laughs> and mostly because of the research I was doing, I, I found to be really interesting. I, I actually, at, at CU, was, was one of the first batch through uh that was eligible for a five-year master's degree a concurrent msbs degree um in engineering and so i i kind of wanted to check that out uh so i could get another year of geotech under my belt because i was such a late uh, addition to the to the party uh. And then during my master's degree, we we started some research on, well, we didn't start. We we picked up some research that had been done by people uh, far smarter than myself before me. uh, And and we're tweaking with some lab testing and some modeling of of consolidation of soft soils. We got just far enough along in it that I got real interested in, in taking a much harder look. So instead of uh, ending with a master's degree, we expanded the, uh, the scope of my research uh, to develop a, a front end on some finite difference code uh, to look at consolidation of, of mine tailings and, and dredge spoils. And so it, it was just a chasing curiosity kind of thing at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, interesting. Yeah, very interesting. So, 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 Jeff. Then, uh, what was your career path after graduating? Um,
1: even before I graduated, uh, I was uh, I was an intern with with Knight Peacehold Sold in uh, in Denver, Colorado. There, so in the in the summers during my PhD, I would I would come down and and uh, stop by the office before I got shipped out to the field to do some drilling or. Some some kind of due-type uh, investigation-type work and, and evaluation-type work, um, and they were they were actually uh, supportive enough that they helped support some of the cost of my PhD. So with that, I also uh, had some commitment to them uh, upon finishing. So I, I actually kind of just walked out one door uh, and walked into another and with with my piece of being uh, a fairly niche uh, supplier of, of engineering consultancy in the mining sector and the research from my masters and phd it, it just it was a really good fit and uh, i've worked there ever since in in some capacity um, worked as a as a staff engineer a geotech engineer for Oh, about 10 or 11 years in, in Denver, uh, then had an opportunity to, to move over to Ghana, uh, as a, as a regional manager, as a, as a, as an area manager for, for the company. And I've been doing that for the last almost three years.
0: Yeah, that's great. Uh, that's something that you and I have in common is that we, have both worked for a few years in Africa, me in South Africa and you in in uh, Ghana. So, tell tell us uh, what's been your experience as a expat. Oh, um, I
1: don't know <laughs> if we have enough time for all those stories. <laughs>
0: was, it, you, was it a good decision?
1: Uh, it was an incredible decision. Yeah, uh, it was it was absolutely the right decision at the right time. Um, in, in making the decision, there was there was a lot of uh, very short discussions with my with my wife. Uh, we at the time had two young kids, uh, and the discussions were, hey, "Do you want to move to Ghana?" And her answer was, "No, thanks."
0: <laughs> that sounds like the same conversation I had.
1: <laughs> a couple of weeks later, um, uh, an actual offer came in, and, and I said, hey, I've, I've got an offer. Are you interested in at least hearing it? She said, um, yeah, no thanks. <laughs> and then a couple weeks later, uh, she started asking some questions. She did a little Googling, uh, and weeks that after that, we, we were – Having a yard sale in the middle of a snowstorm, which did not go very well. Hmm. Uh, trying to unload some stuff, and we were packing up the kids, and we were we were headed to West Africa for uh, for a new adventure.
0: Yeah, it's very similar timing for me. It it was uh, January 2001, no, uh, 2000. Sorry, just after the the Y2K supposed issues and we, we moved I think on January 2nd and we had a similar timing with the yard sale in the, in the winter and, you know, just hustling around trying to take care of your personal items and property and, and all the logistics and when I asked my family at dinner if they might want to move to Africa it was almost in unison they said no and so I was a little bit discouraged. So I said, "Well, how about South Africa?" And I think there was a at least one hell no in there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at the end of the day, uh, for for my family and, and personally, I, I, I couldn't be I couldn't be more happy with the decision. Uh, my kids are are getting to see something that they'd otherwise never never get to experience. Uh, my wife is uh, she's a, a physician's assistant in hematology and oncology uh, in the U.S. And when we moved, she she basically couldn't get a visa to work, so she had to be able to to stay at home with the kids and uh, be able to kind of have a, a a bit more enjoyments with with them. Um, we've been able to go some pretty incredible places and see some pretty incredible things here and in West Africa and in East Africa. Uh, professionally, um, it, it hasn't been that different other than just the, the way and the speed at which things work uh, in, in different parts of the world was of a bit of an adjustment. Um, here they, they have uh, what they call GMT, when they talk about the time. Hmm. Here it means Ghana man time, huh? Okay. And everything just kind of works a little bit slower here. Ah, uh, if you're on time for a meeting, you're probably about thirty minutes early.
0: <laughs> I, I think we had a similar thing in South Africa.
1: Yeah, yeah, And so it just it takes a a bit of adjusting how. Uh, Adjusting expectations, but also continuing to to push for that improvement, so that uh, one day uh, maybe being on time for meeting is only fifteen minutes early.
0: <laughs> yeah, there, there's a uh, expression in South Africa. Uh, just now means some sometime, and now now means pretty much at this very moment. So I was at a meeting, and we were exchanging business cards. And one of the um, attendees didn't have his card, so he told me he would give it to me just now. And I'm I'm still waiting for it.
1: One day you'll get the now now.
0: <laughs> yeah. So so tell me about your company,
1: Jeff. Um. Like old in general, or the the local office here?
0: Oh, I suppose uh, the local office there would be interesting to hear.
1: Yeah, so I, I mean, I guess it's it's a bit one and the same. Only the the various digital um, offices sometimes have a bit more specialization. Here in in Ghana, we're geo environmental consultancy. Uh, we we do work mostly in the mining sector, but we we have a bit of work in the public sector for um, road support and uh, infrastructure support for foundations, for um, pipeline uh, alignments, things of that nature in in some small components in oil and gas. We also, like I said, geo-environmental, so we do have that environmental component, uh, doing ESIAs for for both mining clients, as well as uh, public and private sector clients in in several different arenas, um, including oil and gas, uh, energy generation, um, uh, hydropower, electric, uh, hydroelectric, as well as wind power, as well as, uh, just a few roads and a few factory buildings we've, we've helped support ESIA work on. So it's it's a, a pretty broad uh, experience base, but uh, our, our focus is certainly uh, within the, the bread and butter of mining. Um, office here is about 50, I think we're 52 people right now. So a good mix of, of great engineers um, and some, some superb technicians who help run our uh, geotechnical laboratory in the, uh, on the ground floor here and um, also um, admin, that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, we, we, we run a pretty nice little little shop here. West
0: Africa yeah that's great so you're the regional manager for Ghana or for West Africa
1: for West Africa yeah so we 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 kind of handle all the requests that come in for West Africa and and work with some of our other our other offices to to help support some projects they might have in the region Uh, but we work in Ghana Sierra Leone Burkina Faso uh, Guinea-Bissau Côte Um just trying to think of where we've we've had people in the last three or four months guinea um, okay. that's, that's probably about it Niger oh,
0: Okay, okay And which which office do you tend to work the most closely with is it south is it johannesburg or?
1: We actually are a bit of the um, the oddballs in that um I think at this point, I've had a bit of work with all of our international partners. Um, we we do a fair amount of construction CQA work with uh, with our our partners out of Australia. Uh, we've done some site investigation and material characterization work with the the guys in the UK and the guys in in Vancouver, uh, out of Canada, actually out of North Bay more specifically. Hmm. Um, We've we've done a bit of back and forth with some analytic work, as well as some uh, site inspections and things like that with our team in the U.S. Uh, I've been a a reviewer for some projects out of Peru, been supplying a little bit of technical support for the uh, Chileans and Argentinians. And then certainly we, we work fairly uh, closely on, on all sorts of stuff with uh, with the South Africans. Um, and, and I say South Africans being the, the region, not the country, mm. uh, because we actually work quite a bit with the, the, the team in Namibia.
0: Oh, okay, wow. That's pretty uh, far-reaching associations then. That's pretty, pretty uh, impressive.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's great for the team here too because you, you don't uh, you, you don't get exposure to those kinds of people um, everywhere. And you know, a lot of a lot of the people say in, in the U.S. or in Canada work with the guys in the U.S. and the guys in Canada work with the guys in Canada, and they work on those projects. Um, and so their their expertise might might be a bit a higher technical because of their educational opportunities. But their uh, street smarts and their real-world experience on some of those types of projects may become limited. But my guys have a much, a much more broad um, experience base, working with with uh, thoughts coming out of different parts of the world and and procedures coming out of different parts of the world. Uh, so they 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 formed a, a really phenomenal team.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's great.
1: people here are are phenomenal um unless they're behind the wheel of a car and then traffic (laughs) is just atrocious Mm. um the the people here if if it was raining they'd give you their umbrella if you needed clothes they'd give you the shirt off the back um even even walking around the office there isn't a single person here who if they're sitting down to their lunch and i Walk by and say, "Ah, oh, that smells good." The, the saying here is, "You're invited," uh, and that's really how they how they live and, and how they interact with with everybody. No matter mm-hmm. what they're doing, you're invited.
0: <laughs> and they do have some fantastic foods there.
1: Oh yeah, um, as long as you like a little bit of spice in your life, right? Uh, it's it's phenomenal food. Yeah, a lot of a lot of soups, a lot of stews. A lot of rice and beans and fish, but yeah, the food here is certainly, is certainly very good.
0: Yeah. That's that's fantastic. So Jeff, you know, we're, we're kind of coming to an end here, but maybe you could tell us the the name, some of the people who've influenced you in your career.
1: Ooh, again. uh... That list is is quite long um, I, I would certainly have to say uh, dr. Dobroslav Nadarcich at the University of Colorado he was he was my first um, you know uh, geotech advisor and mentor and and we've known each other for 16 years now and um, probably don't keep up as much now that he's retired and and doing things for fun but um, certainly he's up there on the list
0: yeah and he's an all around good guy too I've known him since the 1980s believe it or not
1: yeah yeah I mean he I agree he's he's one of he's one of the truly good people on earth uh, yeah and he's he's done a lot for our uh, for our Geotechnical world as well, so it's it's hard to not look up to a guy like that.
0: Certainly. Uh,
1: and then uh, you know, professionally, Brian, I certainly consider you to be uh, one of the one of the people that has mentored me throughout my career. And uh, when we worked together in Denver, I I certainly looked forward to picking your brain when when I was in a rut or just coming in and yakking about. Seinfeld or whatever <laughs>
0: uh, that's 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 funny I could I, I could never tell who was mentoring who in those sessions
1: in the Seinfeld <laughs> sessions
0: oh in, in all of our sessions <laughs> I think I got mentored at least as much as you did
1: I, I, I think that's uh, the way it should go though right yeah,
0: yeah for sure
1: that's probably what I, I respected and, and missed the most of is is that Uh, duality of of interaction Mm. Uh, because uh, I've I've had other people who have tried to mentor me by telling me what to do Um, (laughs) and I don't think that that was very successful where uh, as a mentor you engaged and you questioned but you also gave insight and gave thoughts and and feelings and um, it was it was really nice.
0: Oh, thanks, Jeff. No, I always, uh, I always benefited from those as well. Uh,
1: and then there's a a couple other people throughout the, throughout the, the journey. Uh, Tom Kerr in, in the U.S. certainly, uh, gave me some valuable insight on some things. Uh, Dr. Pete Durier, uh, in Denver, uh, similarly, he kind of, uh, opened my eyes to the fact that the devil's in the details Mm. and, um, you know, sometimes we get too lost in the details, but sometimes that's where we need to be. Uh, it's, it's certainly something that I've, from him, uh, and numerous other peers and, and um, people who have, uh, I wouldn't say anybody's ever worked for me. They might have had a uh, lower pay grade, but um, other people that have worked with me, about the, the last 15 years have certainly made an impact.
0: That's a really great way to think about it, too. It, you, you might be somewhere else on the uh, organization chart, but it doesn't mean that you can't be working together as colleagues rather than uh, direct reports or, or, you know, somebody three tiers down.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, if you if you approach every situation with the feeling that there's something to learn, uh, it helps that that mentality stick uh, instead of approaching a situation where you're feeling like there's something to teach.
0: Right, right, right. Well, Jeff, uh,
1: is there anything else you want to share with our audience? No, I, I think that's it, Brian. I just okay. I really want to say thank you. Uh, like I said, at the beginning, it's it's always nice to sit down and, and be able to chat with you. And I, I thank you for, for all the support you've given me over the last 15 years. And uh, certainly next time I'm in Denver, uh, a, a nice coffee if it's before noon or a, a nice scotch if it's after.
0: <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Always enjoy your company. All right, thanks, thanks again, Jeff, and uh, we'll keep you posted. Well, that's it. I'm Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian. Until next time, keep on rocking.